with Dr. George Fareed, our second episode that we have done while you are still in a medical office. I think our fifth episode overall, but our second one while you're still at the office. But for everybody listening, all the new listeners and to establish credibility, because I'm obviously just a 31-year-old with a camera, whereas you are a very accomplished physician, please introduce yourself and tell everyone what your background is. I'm George Fareed. I'm in uh, family practice, and and I'm in a rural area of, of California in the uh, Southern California in the Imperial Valley. It's called uh, west or east of San Diego, and on the border with Mexico. And it was the epicenter for COVID nineteen in 2020 for California. And, and I joined forces with a colleague, Brian Tyson, who may be joining this podcast also t- tonight uh, at, at the inception of the pandemic. Uh, and we came up with a protocol based upon the work of Vladimir Zelenko and DDA Raul with hydroxychloroquine as the backbone, but with the other components that are part of the needed multifaceted treatment, that is zinc, vitamin D, uh, doxycycline or azithromycin, aspirin, and then more uh, since October, ivermectin in addition. And so it's a multifaceted, uh, multi-drug treatment that has been 100% effective when given in the first five days of COVID-19. We've stayed with it and actually we're uh, finishing a book uh, describing our sojourn in, in successfully treating over 7,000 patients uh, that uh, presents all the trials and tribulations and the uh, the frustrations we've had to deal with and uh, the lack of uh, empathy that's been shown by agencies around the world and around the United in the United States to what's really still the critical part of COVID nineteen management and that's early treatment early aggressive treatment. And I, I was telling you, Tommy, just before we started the recording, that I still go cover in the hospital. And so I'm a, a bit different than other frontline doctors. I do the inpatient work as well as outpatient. And, and I'm still seeing uh, the vaccinated and unvaccinated uh, admitted uh, and, and, and on high flow oxygen and some on ventilators because they didn't get early treatment. And the, the fatalities that are still um, occurring around our country and around the world are in patients that didn't get early treatment, that didn't recover from the viral infection when they could have very readily recovered. And if they're high risk, it's even more important that they get early treatment. And we've stayed with our protocol and we're, we're very proud that we're publishing a book that um, hopefully will be well read. We're putting a lot of effort into getting it to be high quality and it's uh, entitled coming out of the COVID darkness, how two doctors successfully treated 7,000 patients by Brian Tyson and George Fareed. And it, it's um, really uh, hopefully going to help in communicating what, uh, what errors were made, what egregious governmental mistakes have been made. And the fact that we have vaccines. We're very pro-vaccine, but we we're on we're pro mainly safe vaccines and ones that are effective in blocking conditions. And so um, the, the people need to know that they, even if they've been vaccinated, they should uh, be treated with their early effective treatments. And now they, since the first of the year, include monoclonal antibody infusions 
but it's just part of the treatment. They need the oral medications in addition, which provide the inhibition of the viral multiplication intracellular, and and then uh, that allows for the body to recover and eliminate COVID-19 and prevent the long haul condition from developing or develop or the deterioration and the requirement of hospitalization. So that's my background. I trained at Harvard and I was on the faculty at UCLA and Harvard for many years and then for 31 years have been in, 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 in family practice rural medicine in the in a very wonderful area of California that was underserved. And, and I've done a lot of HIV work, a lot of other kinds of medical work in addition, which uh, being here has allowed me to become proficient in. And it's uh, one of the reasons I, I've been pleased to be here. And it's, um, do you guys have a, a release date for when your books are going to come out? You know, we, we're shooting for December. Right. At the, um, so you'll get an autographed copy Tommy, me, uh, yes, yes. Well, you beat me to it. I was going to ask. I was going to say, where's my personal copy? And I can't wait to interview you guys. We've got a very good uh, person or company that's helping with the uh, final phases of the of the book, so that the 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 text flows well, and and it's um, has good good covers and has everything that a, a hopefully a bestseller will have for to reach a large audience. Absolutely. For so just before this, I was talking to my mom. My parents are in their their sixties, and you know, pretty good, pretty good shape. If they were to come down with COVID, and the reason why I asked this question, and I've asked it every time I've had you on, but for the average listener who is probably more akin to me than a than a uh, a learned medical professional like you. I'm, I'm going to ask what I imagine are probably the most common questions. So for like, let's say my parents get it. They're in a rural area. What exactly do they do? Like you see on the news or maybe you watch this podcast and you know that they're like, hey, there are doctors that are having these next to miraculous uh, cure rates with their with their protocols. What would they do, especially when we've heard of stories of, and I think it happened last time on air with you, of a pharmacist not being able to fill or unwilling to fill um, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and if they go to the doctor, you know, the average response is kind of a drone. Did you get the vaccine? Yes or no? Okay, go home and wait till you can't breathe. What would say, just for example, my parents do? They, they, they're sick. They go get a rapid test. Says they have COVID. What are the exact steps that they go that they go about? I mean, my parents are lucky. They said if we find out we ever have it. We're calling you, and I'm like, I'll call Fareed and McCullough, and I'll have, I'll have, I'll get you guys some personal. Well, we, we, we come through for you as we we do. It's a, it's so important that the the local medical services will provide this this protocol or a similar protocol for early effective treatment, a multi faceted uh, sequence sequence drug treatment, uh, and it. And now there, there's more of an accept, public, publicity and recognition of the monoclonal antibody infusion that they should avail themselves of receiving uh, and getting that early on for the neutralization of the virus. But then they should have someone that can provide them with the components of the effective antivirals that are taken 
by mouth for a five to nine day period. And if they uh, don't have a, a, a physicians in their community, they then have to reach out through telemedicine or through, uh, through other contacts such as personal contacts with doctors like myself or Dr. Tyson. And then they have to, there are, uh, have a pharmacy, uh, they're mainly the smaller pharmacies, the compounding pharmacies are very uh, likely to be able to dispense the medications. Uh, the chain pharmacies are still, unfortunately, in many places under the influence of, uh, of the FDA uh, dictum, which does not authorize or recommend uh, these agents that are so effective. And they uh, give uh, token recognition to ivermectin now, the NIH does, but it, it recommends giving one dose of, um, <clears throat> of ivermectin in the treatment, not a more uh, intensive treatment with ivermectin. We we prefer the combination of hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, but there, there are very good results with fluvoxamine uh, that is another inhibitor of a specific step of COVID-19 uh, overlapping to some extent with hydroxychloroquine as an antagonist of the, of the sigma-1 receptor intracellular that's a required receptor for folding of the COVID-19 proteins. But in any case, there are, there are results where one can actually incorporate other agents and combine them all if the condition is worsening. And we found that this Delta variant is a more aggressive form or, or variant uh, of COVID-19 than the alpha variant or the primary COVID-19. And so one has to act quickly and, and uh, even make the treatment a bit prolonged with hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin uh, than one did with the primary variant of COVID-19. So that's basically what I would recommend. And, and the, uh, the doctors are still will, that never treated it, will continue with their position that it's, it'll just run its course and they'll recover without any any new, any specific treatment, uh, or they'll deteriorate and go to the ER. And, and so they, they're still stigmatized and they won't change because if they do, in some ways, they'll be admitting that they didn't do what they should have done uh, previously Yeah. When, when the epidemic was in its uh, initial surges. Yeah. And, and we've had so many fatalities and they're still increasing, unfortunately, or still continuing, I should say. Yeah. And we should never have reached this point of over almost 800,000 fatalities in the United States or approaching the 800,000 mark. It's, it's, uh, yesterday I interviewed, um, Lindsay Fitzharris. She's a, she's an author and she wrote all about Joseph Lister and Victorian medicine really brutal stuff, you know, before germ theory and they're just hacking people apart and stuff. But they talk about what a, a lot of the large resistance that what Joseph Lister wrote about in his diary was, um, it wasn't even necessarily, there was an aspect, there's a component of it that the other doctors at the time, so 1850s to 1880s, um, you know, they're opposed to the idea of invisible things called germs. But more than that was a uh, ego-based resistance. And it was the idea that you're, you, a, a medical professional, Joseph Lister, are telling your higher ups that not only do you have this idea for, you know, the antiseptic technique, but also you, the higher ups, 
you might have inadvertently been killing most of your patients into a doctor. That's right. I mean, understandably so. That that's a gut check. You know, I'm killing people. Like I'm a doctor, and we see that. <clears throat> yeah, example. Right. yeah, we see that yeah, example. Is, yes. Yeah, I, I, it's a good, good example. Very good example, actually. Very relevant. Yeah. Yeah, it's and that was 150 years ago, and we see that you know we can always point back to burning astronomers, you know, burning them at the stake because they said the world was flat or or the the world mm-hmm. was round or that you know the sun didn't revolve around us. But that I mean, Joseph Lister, that was what 150 years ago. I mean, that's really right in the rearview mirror, and there was already a huge resistance to it. He was ostracized. He was let go of positions because they didn't want anything to do with his controversial carboxylic acid, which I mean, just replace carboxylic acid with ivermectin. I mean, we're right there again. And yeah. And I look at, I look at everything that's happening. And so, you know, my parents get sick. They tell me, I mean, I'm immediately, they, you know, they're lucky. They have a fast track. I'm immediately putting them in touch with you or Dr. McCullough and, you know, I'll, I'll throw them in a car and drive them out yeah, there. there. There are a lot of us out there now, a growing number, and that and they're all uh, have the same uh, attitude that I do and that Brian Tyson does of not uh, waiting on any person that is in need. And and we've also, by doing our uh, this type of uh, 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 help to people outside of our, our area. We've, we set up a, uh, a nonprofit uh, C19 project at a, through a church in, in a place called Holtville, a rural farming town nearby, where the pastor has been very uh, dedicated and actually uh, in monies, we ask people to donate to that C19 project uh, instead of paying me or Brian. And they They've been able to raise uh, thousands, thirty thousand dollars or more during the pandemic, and all of that money has been used to buy the cocktail, buy the protocol to give out to indigent people or uh, people that can't get it at, at, at their own local pharmacy, uh, and or can't get it because their local doctors aren't in providing that uh, service, that help, and so uh, actually. Uh, that our Sean Hannity has been a great supporter of this approach of early treatment. And uh, we credit him with uh, doing that. And he, when I told him about this C19 project, he wrote a check the next day for $15,000 to that project. So yeah, it is quite, quite awesome. And it's, we've treated through about a thousand patients and by November we'll reach a thousand that have reached benefited from that. And, and many will say that their lives were saved because of the treatment. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. so, you know, so my parents are lucky, right? They, they've got they've got me for the average listener who maybe they listen to this podcast and their parents are, you know, maybe in equally good health or you know, moderate health, whatever. And they're going, OK, well, I don't know Dr. Freed personally. I don't have a podcast and I don't talk to these doctors. What do they do? Is there a place they can, you know, you go to your physician or, you know, hey, I know this physician and can you help my brother across the country? And they give you a referral. Is there any place they can go? Is there any, is there, is there a website? Do you guys have a have a portal that they can go to and can you refer, because maybe they can't afford they, to drive no, across the country. I think the All Valley Urgent Care Clinic of Brian has a portal and that okay. would be where to go in uh, El Central California, All Valley Urgent Care right, Clinic. Down. I'll write that down right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and what I, if in many cases now, I, I'm recommending that people just get the prescription for the treatment for for components of it at least, and and have it there at their home and yeah. ready to go. They became symptomatic. Yeah, and so the best thing is to have it when you're traveling or when you're uh, in a situation where you're exposed that you you know you can get right on the treatment because it's so safe and it's broad spectrum. Yeah, the treatment is effective for other RNA viruses in addition. And that that's just another aspect of it. It's like one, it's so wonderful that these things exist, and it's simultaneously so infuriating where it's like, yeah, you could. You know, it's not some like uh, I keep a neurosurgeon on on call. It's no, yes. you, can, you can get these generic medications. Just throw them in your medicine cabinet. You need them, you take them. Yeah, that's right. That's the, that's the case. Absolutely. And it's 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 so infuriating that like these are the things we should be using that you guys are using. Right. With 100 percent efficacy over 7000 patients and that yet other doctors won't won't fail. And it's it's kind of got me thinking about like like World War II and like Nazi Germany, right? World War II is the, you know, Hitler kills himself. We start discovering the concentration camps and there's definitely like, this is terrible, but we're still fighting the Japanese. And it's like, you almost kind of put a pin in this. You're like, Germans are no longer a threat. We got to go do the island hopping campaign and demolish the emperor. But when we finish the war, which is the more pressing thing, we come back and we go, all right, now, what are these concentration camps? Who is involved with? It's not enough that we just beat you. Who is involved in this? And we do the Nuremberg trials, right? It's not right. The immediate thing, the immediate thing is curing patients, is treating patients. When, yes. when this yeah. is all done, though, I mean, we need to come back to this and go, who was behind the because it's coordinated, it's not spontaneous, it's a coordinated yeah, suppression. Actually, Peter McCullough did, gave a terrific uh, lecture just recently that's on Rumble okay. on, on the therapeutic nihilism and the, the success of early treatment. But in, in that lecture, he talked extensively about, about this background of the sinister uh, facets that have, have planned or pre- uh, uh, we're, we're, we're well before the onset of the pandemic uh, cre- contributing to what developed, actually. There's something very big, and he, 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 he addresses it directly in that lecture. If you, um, I'll, I'll send you a link Please to that on, on Rumble. I would share that widely. Please do. Because um, it, I mean, like Nazi Germany, we can go roll in with tanks and you beat them and they're done. But I mean, just like right after World War One, I, I mean, what'd you do right after you go in, you destroy their armaments industry, and then you also hold accountable and hang by the neck till they're dead. A lot of the guys involved, right, if they didn't commit suicide or if they didn't defect to the U.S. with immunity, because if you mm-hmm. don't remove it, right, I mean, back to Joseph Lister, he, you know, he, he, he did breast surgery on his sister and she survived, but he didn't get 100% of the tissue and eventually did come back and he killed her. So it's not enough that you just remove the tumor. You got to get every last cell because if we just get this, you know, the treatment out there and all of a sudden everyone's cured and COVID's in the rearview mirror, all the people that were involved and responsible for the suppression via big tech of these generic decades long studied safe medications, they're all still there. And it's it's the, the situation's ripe for them to just do it again. It, it, hopefully not, but it may be. You're, that's a good point, Tommy. I, I, I agree with you yeah, on that. Yeah, and it's 
for everybody listening, that was an example of saying hanging <laughs> till the neck to their dead. I don't need anyone taking that out of no, context. No, yeah, exactly. Got to no, clarify yeah. that on a, on a platform, sure, but, uh, sure, well, as it should, sure. I mean, no, sure. But, um, I'm talking mm-hmm. about legal repercussions, not that, but, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it seems, and now have you guys seen any, because my mom was just asking, my mom is, is one of your biggest fans, which you don't, obviously oh, right? don't know is she's one of your biggest not, fans. Not, not, yeah. Thank you. And, um, but she she was asking me beforehand um if have you guys seen any direct effects from going back to now about six weeks the rome summit has there been any uh have you seen your treatment being used more uh i guess in a more widespread manner have other people started to use it have there been any effects of the rome summit I, you know, I'd say I, I think I think about that actually. I, I, I we made a, a big effort to get the word out, and it reached a large audience. But I I I, I don't think it's still impacted as we as I'd hoped it would. But I think the the communications by all the doctors there were in in agreement about the authenticity and the success of early treatment. Uh, that um, that, that um, is the best approach and should have been initiated from the from the beginning, but in terms of an effect, uh, it's uh, it's still not what is. It, unfortunately, the government and the agencies are the ones that that drive the effects and and uh, in the in the Western world, and they. Um, they're they're too guilty for what they did. They made made mistakes on that uh, that it's um, not not happened, unfortunately. But we're going to continue to fight against that injustice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's maybe yeah. I don't think it's a failure. I think it's maybe maybe one wasn't <clears throat> enough. Maybe you got to go back and strike it again. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a big effort to go all the way to yeah, Rome. Yeah. And- speak and fly back in a few days uh, yeah i know back. i know it's easier said than done hopefully maybe there yeah, won't be something yeah, great great people there sure. very good people sure and, and I, I hope it is um they're on they're available on youtube and on the website of the it's called the international covid summit.com and the links to all the speeches are there okay. for people to 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 see okay and, and listen to you yeah, and it's um yeah. Hopefully, there will be another COVID summit stateside because obviously, again, it's easier it's easier for me to just say out on a whim like you know, Doctor Freed, yeah, go to, go to Rome. But but you look at what happened to DDA Raoul in France, and still is the case where he was the right he had the truth and the success and the 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 treatment that should have been used widely throughout France, and they they shut him down and 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 punished him badly and, and they they don't come fall back or correct that necessarily at, even now but but he he'll be recognized and along with Vladimir Zelenko and Peter McCullough as uh, the the real uh, leader the heroes of, of the pandemic that that had the right information and the right uh, solution and that's the kind of people that should have been leading the agencies all over the world yeah and um I know I've got you for about five more minutes and I think then I got to let you go. Um, is so I, last Friday I had on Richard Rhodes, uh, who wrote the book, making the atomic bomb, super, super well-respected, uh, mm-hmm. uh, author. And, but I had him on and we talked about his newest book called, uh, not newest book, one of his newer books called masters of death about the SS Einsatzgruppen. 
the mobile German death squads, which preceded the concentration camps. The Germans mm-hmm. would invade, and then a couple days later, behind the invasion force would come the Einsatzgruppen, and they'd round up all the Jews, take them out in the woods, shoot them in the head, and then dump them into pits. And that was what preceded, and the reason they made the concentration camps was because it would be more efficient, but also the Einsatzgruppen were having trauma, so they wanted to get rid of the trauma by just distancing all demonic evil things but i think about that and how on occasion you know they would execute i mean numbers that boggle the mind you know thirty-five thousand people in an afternoon men women children in a huge pit but every once in a while one person would would maybe not be killed you know maybe the bullet would hit and go around Mm -hmm. the skull and they would regain consciousness the next day you know just surrounded by dead bodies but they would wake up and they would walk for two days through the woods and find a find a vill- And there actually is a story of a woman who survived, left for dead, went to a village, ended up, you know, joining the underground resistance movement, survived the war, and then was actually tapped by U.S. intel officers after the war. And she actually um, testified at the Nuremberg trials, which directly led to the hanging of several of these officers. And to me, I look at that and I look at how dark things are now, where it seems like despite even the Rome summit, despite, you know, Joe Rogan kind of taking Sanjay Gupta to, uh, to school on his podcast, it still seems that we're kind of fighting this monolith. And I think about yeah, how, how much better our scenario is than the girl waking up surrounded oh, by bodies. But it still know. worked. But it still worked. Yes. She got out yeah. and testified. Yes. So, well, that's a good good analogy and good uh, information. Yeah, Tommy, I appreciate that. Yeah. Hey, Tommy, I think I'm going to have to leave. I, I got, hate to say that. Yeah, no, you're good. I know you got. I know you still got patience. I, I'm afraid I do, and no. I have to go to a dinner no, later. Hey, no, it's, you you take. Thank you very much. Podcast is a luxury. <laughs> all right, you take care of patience. All right, this is a luxury. Okay, all right, stay well, and we'll get that copy of our book uh, that coming out of the COVID darkness. Uh, yes, sir. As soon as it's available. Beautiful. Dr. George Farid, thank you so much. You're doing God's work. Do not stop fighting, and I will not stop podcasting. And eventually Good. we'll look back and we'll know we did the right thing. God bless you, sir. And I'll, I'll email you the episode. Take care. Okay. Recording stop. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.